This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. I'm Liz Gill. I'm with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASC certified. Hello, Allison. Hey, Liz. We are going to talk about dents and dings and fender benders between your mechanical vehicle repair questions. We'd like to welcome to the show Jason Mariscalco. Jason, tell us how you got started with uh, body work. How do, how do you, what, what, what do you call the correct term for... Automotive body technician. Really, Automotive body yeah. technician. Okay, how did you get started with that? Uh, I was about 14 years old and got interested in, from looking at trucking magazines and car magazines and picked it up as a hobby, and here we are today, 25 years later. Cool. That's cool. That's similar to um, me on that. Car magazines, car magazines, car magazines, and then car shows. Um, I was wondering in the industry what you've noticed to be a trend that you've seen and as far as what wrecks you're seeing come in into the industry in the in the past few years. Um, a lot of rear end collision, front end collisions. Yeah. Um, side hits. You know, getting T-boned and everything like getting that. Getting T-boned, yeah. So some of the wrecks you see out on the streets. A lot of side scrapes where people just run off the road and hit stuff and yeah, stuff like that. General, general wrecks and whatnot. Oh, now here's my question. So you see on TV or you see the 50 body repair hacks you can do yourself. <laughs> does does uh, uh, heating it with a hairdryer and then using a plunger work, or does any of those kind of things that people at home, if it's a tiny dent, does any of that really work? Actually, uh, yeah, it does. Oh, um, okay. So, that's like, um, like on your plastic bumpers and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Is you that what pros do? Use a plunger? Yeah. Not a plunger. But, uh, we use heat guns and stuff, and yeah. I usually get my hand on the inside of bumpers and everything and push out while I'm heating it up, and it'll shape it right, but it won't always get it perfect. And, so. and are most of them now plastic? Are some of them metal, or what? Mm, more you like... Um, your full-size trucks and stuff like that, they're always going to be metal, but some of them are plastic, but uh, most of the car, uh, your cars, they are plastic. Yeah, these days, yeah, especially your bumpers and everything like that. You, I guess you don't see that with doors as much. It's more your bumpers and yeah. side panels and stuff. Yeah, I think about the only one of the only cars I, I can I can even think of off the top of head is a Saturn having a plastic door on it. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah that wow. when, when we bought, we've owned one, two, three Saturns, oh, and wow. that was one of their selling points is that it didn't get the the dinks the dinks yeah. <laughs> the, the the dents and and things because it would just pop back out. Hmm? Oh wow! Yeah, that's pretty neat. Um, I was wondering, like, what questions should listeners ask when they're looking for a good body shop? And curious about that, which you would suggest. Uh, you want to look for the body shops that go by procedure. No. Okay, so there is a set procedure. Oh, yes, ma'am. So you're saying you, you start here with this car and you go in an, in an order. Where does that information come from? Um, usually at All Data. All Data. All Data has the body shop stuff. Okay, I'm now familiar what's, with what's All Data. All Data. I have never heard of this. All Data is an automotive industry tool that's a program. You pay for it monthly, and um, it shows you how long it takes 
legs to do jobs. And so I, I forgot about that. It does it for body work, too. It'll show you. Say you've got a broken bumper. It'll tell you how long to go in there so you can get an estimate for your customer. Mm. And, and I use it, too. I, I actually just got all data, which is exciting. But I'm, I'm familiar with using it in school and everything. Oh, yeah. A really neat tool. But that's what that's the industry standard. So everyone has the same amount of labor time. That's why your estimates are all generally generally in the same amount. The secret world of auto mechanics. So, folks, if if you have a question, we would love for you to be a part of our show this morning. We're talking with Jason Mariscalco about uh, collision repair, auto body work, but uh, Allison is also here for your mechanical engine It's it's the fuel pump and read your owner's manual. Uh, <laughs> those are usually the answers. But uh, our number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven. Six seven two seven four six four. You could also send us an email to our address auto at mpbonline.org. We've got a couple of calls that we're going to go to now. Let's talk to Memphis. And Joe has called in. Joe, thanks so much for being a part of AutoCorrect today. Go ahead. Thank you. Good morning. I have an uh, body question, auto body question. I have a 2002 Hyundai Elantra, and suddenly a month ago. When I was pumping gas into it, into the tank, it would not, uh, the, the nozzle kept cutting off, and I couldn't get the gas to go into the tank, except when I barely turned the nozzle on, then it would go in. Well, I thought it was just a tank nozzle problem, so I went to another uh, gas tank, uh, I mean, another nozzle to another tank, and it did the same thing. And now it's doing it every time I go gas up. It just barely, I can barely get gas. It takes me about 15 minutes to fill up a tank. I have not taken it to a mechanic yet. And I was wondering if you have any ideas what's going on. Okay. Well, that's that's more of a question for me unless you've got something saying that. But I know i I got an idea of what's going on. It has to do with your EVAP system. And the, there's a valve in there that lets the gas vapors come out of your tank and go into the evap system and for everyone listening that is what your evap system literally is for is just for the vapors that come out of the fuel tank they used to just gas them out into the air but then they created the evap system to send it to the front and to the engine so it'll go back in through the combustion chamber it sounds like your valve has gotten stuck closed that will happen so i have to ask if you have a check engine light on sometimes it'll set a check engine life and your purge valve solenoid there's a few different codes for those acting up. So do you have a check engine light on? I haven't noticed it, but... Okay, uh, okay. Maybe you don't, and you, you probably would notice it, but sometimes it doesn't set a check engine light off, but it's keeping pressure in the tank, and that's what your nozzle uh, is... is is censoring. There's a sensor in the nozzle that reads the pressure, and it's got too much pressure in there. So that's what I'm guessing is is acted up. Do you have? Is, is that that sound right? That does sound about right. Yeah. So what could what could Joe do? Does he? He need does to have take to take it to a mechanic, a good technician to diagnose that. Evap systems are a little bit. Uh, it's something Mississippi doesn't diagnose often because we don't have the emissions that other states have. So it's not something that a lot of mechanics do. You want to find someone who's comfortable with evap diagnosis and fuel tank issues you want to specifically relate that and you know what another thing and i probably could do this too is google it and look up the answer to it too it might have a little bit of information on it have you tried that 
No, I have not. Okay, so that's a that's suggestion. It's amazing what you can find about automotive problems. I mean, it's a little hard to decipher them sometimes, but it can be very informative to Google problems like this. Oh, good. That solved my question. I was wondering. That was a mystery to me. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. All right, Joe, we appreciate you calling in from Memphis, and we hope that you are able to find someone in your area that at least uh, Allison has got you going in the right direction. Let's Thank now uh, stay uh, and go to Gluckstadt, and Matt is on the phone. Matt, thanks so much for calling in to AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? Uh, yes, ma'am. I got a question for Allison. Um, I've got a 2013 G37X. Uh, when I accelerate hard, uh, my traction control light on the dash comes on along with my brake light. Uh, once I'm off the gas, uh, the brake light uh, on the dash will go off, but the traction control remains on. Um, is this a computer issue? Uh, once I turn the car off, the light will, will go off and it stays off until I do this again. Uh, it seems to start in the last uh, maybe 1,000, 2,000 miles or so. Hey, Matt. I would say that you need to get it, the code read for what's going on with the vehicle stability control when that light is comes on and stays on like that uh, before you turn it off. And that way you can know what is going on. But the vehicle stability control literally works through the brake system. So that's why it's, it's, it's flashing the brake light, too. So you've got something going on in your system that maybe is acting up a little bit. Now, vehicle stability control will come on when you do a, a hard, wide-open throttle on a car, on some cars. Um, but I would suspect with that being a sports car that it wouldn't do it as, as quickly on that one. But I guess it is. Um, do you feel your traction? control coming on when you accelerate hard because it will act funny it'll like slow a car down that's why everyone turns it off when they race it doesn't really seem to okay. uh, and, and while i'm doing it it can be on a smooth road i can understand if it was maybe a lot of potholes right. or something that i could understand it maybe slipping right uh, i can be on the interstate merging and uh, it'll come on oh and, uh, wow like the okay. brake light will, will go back out, but the trash control will remain on until I uh, turn the car back off. Well, I recommend going and getting that light checked as soon as it stays on like that and seeing what the code is for it. Okay. So basically just pull into like a uh, uh, one of the big box O'Reilly's AutoZone. They've got the computer. They should be able to diagnose. Just don't turn the car off when I pull up. Good question, but unfortunately, they do not read that kind of code. You'll have to go to a shop that has the uh, a scan tool, a, a, um, and a, a computer wise, like the higher higher end ones that a shop will have for that. Okay. O'Reilly's just they just basically read uh, PO codes. It doesn't it doesn't really read anything. It doesn't read a, ABS codes or anything like that at them. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Um, one one last thing. Uh, a couple uh, shows back, you were talking about transmission fluid changing it. Um, I actually, after that show, I wanted to change mine. Uh, I've got about eighty thousand miles. Uh, is it too late to try to change that transmission fluid, like a, a dump and fill, or is it prime? No, it's not too late if you do a drain and fill on that. It's a flush you wouldn't particularly want to do. Um, you, you, for everyone out there, like flushes, if you started the car at, at 30 or 50,000 miles um, when you first got it with the flush, you can continue with the flush if you're doing it, doing it regularly. But you can do a drain and fill and get about half of your fluid out. And you might just want to do it a couple times in a row, like uh, do it once and then do it again in 30,000 miles to get that fluid refreshed and then do it like every 50,000 
50,000 after that to get it back on your maintenance interval for your transmission fluid. But good question. Okay, perfect. So it's not the easiest. I had to look online. It's a sealed system. Uh, you had mentioned that on the show. Um, yeah. Okay. Some sealed systems are easy. Some some have a little filler tube that's in there that you have to remove to get the fluid out. And it and uh, what I recommend for everyone out there, and I said it on the show that day, get a quart bucket and measure how many quarts come out and put that much back in, and then you can check it as procedure or whatever it says for your car. And, and googling it definitely helps because it is a little bit different from different cars. But it's a, if you measure the amount that you took out, you put that amount back in. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you, Matt. We appreciate you calling in. And I think we've mentioned on the show before, a lot of times each make of car will have um, its own owner's uh, uh, chat room to talk about things, issues with their own car. That's right. Forums for your car. I recommend everyone get on a forum for whatever vehicle you have. If you have a question, that you can learn, you can just search it in there before even asking and find information. Okay. We're going to continue our discussion with independent body repairman Jason Mariscalco when we come back from our break. But if you have a problem with your vehicle, Allison's here to help steer you in the right direction. Call us at one 877 MPB ring. That's 1-877-672-7464. You could also send us an email. Our address is auto at mpbonline.org. Is your car under recall? We have a list of ones that are. When we come back, you're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. You already know MPB Think Radio is a direct result of donations from listeners like you. But instead of counting the size of your donation in dollars, how about axles? Trucks to motorcycles, cars, even 18-wheelers. Your donated vehicle of any size helps fund the programs here on Think Radio. For more information on how to donate your vehicle, visit mpbonline.org support. Welcome back to AutoCorrect with Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic. I'm Liz Gill. Now, if you can't listen to our show all the way through live, please find our podcast. Podcasts are just ways to listen to audio recordings, shows, talks, anything. Podcast platforms are apps that you download to your phone or your tablet that can access the storage of these recordings. You can type in the name of the audio that you want to hear, and then it gives you a list. We are Auto correct. Uh, the re- there are the recalls for the week. The 2019 Ford Ranger de- dealers will inspect the climate control blower motor and replace it free of charge if it is within the suspected part production dates. The 2017-19 Lamborghini Aventador S. So, Allison, if you've got a 2019 Lamborghini Aventador, the dealers, I'll take one. The dealers will update the engine software for free. The 2015-2018 Subaru Forester dealers will inspect and, as necessary, replace the ODS sensor mat harness for free ODS sensor. once parts become available. I think it has to you do with 
if there's a passenger seat, it doesn't know if the passenger is sitting there oh. and it does the airbag. Okay. So okay. that's what this one is. You can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration's website, nhtsa.gov slash recalls and inputting your VIN number. We're talking today about auto body repair with our guest, Jason Mariscalco. Jason, um, you you do auto repair, but do you also do paint? Yes, ma'am, I do. Oh, I, I've always been fascinated by seeing the the cars with a wrap on them. Yeah. What's the what's the pros and cons versus repainting your car versus getting a wrap if it's kind of rusty or dingy or you're just tired of it? Well, the the wraps um, you can't just fix. You got to replace it. Oh, okay. yeah, and they so. tend to cost more than paint. Oh. And paint's more hardy for your car and better for your car. Wrap literally is just a cover-up in a way. And a lot of people use it so they can change it out. Like race cars use it a lot. And because their paint gets messed up so bad, it's easier for them to just slap a wrap on there. And mm-hmm. they, they, and you can do them in really wild colors and stuff like that easier than painting. And, paint. and, that, and if you're going to do a wrap, usually if the body's in any bad shape, you still got to fix it and prime it and put a coat over it before you can even wrap it. So why wrap it? Just paint it. So, Jason, you're an independent uh, individual. Do you go to, do you rent out people's shops or do you have your own tools so that you can go around? Or how do you personally work as an independent uh, automotive repair person? I do a little bit of it out of of my house. Um, I do make a few mobile calls. I got all the tools to do it. So I might end up uh, using your electricity, but... That's about it. That was the question I had. Does does it have a lot of specialty tools and that would make it where someone wants to do it at home that really can't do it? From what I've seen, it seems that way. There are a lot of specialty tools for it, but coming where I come from with it, there's a lot of old school ways to do it, too. But, uh, but yeah, normally anybody man's going to (laughs) have... Anywhere up from fifteen yeah. to twenty thousand dollars worth of tools yeah. in their box. So oh. if one person's going to do one car, it's not worth it. Go ahead and take it to someone to get it done. Unless you just want to do it. Yeah, yeah. So. If you think you might might do it again, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It seems like a learning curve to me. Like I already have to know enough about mechanics. Like I don't want to add more stuff to it, <laughs> you know. But I might pick up some some auto body stuff. But I mean, being in the car world, you kind of have to. But. But, yeah, that's cool. All right. We've got a full slate of calls. So let's go to Greenville. Jimmy, thank you so much for calling into AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? Um, yeah, I've got a uh, 1999 Corvette. And the problem I'm having with it now is the uh, passenger window. Um, I hardly ever let it up and down but just recently I tried to let it down it wouldn't work then a couple of days later it started to work on its own and now it's it's not coming down I have to wonder if that's something in your switch on there um or I, I kind of doubt it's mechanical. It sounds like it's electrical. So that's my guess on that. And uh, any shop should be able to deal with that, or you can take it to an automotive electrical shop. But um, that needs to be diagnosed. And the weird thing is uh, the way that, that the door electronics work on cars is it goes through the 
master switch on there to ground out and we were just talking about that in my car because my passenger window started acting up today and it it's ground through the switch on the master switch so you can have a problem with your master switch that'll affect your passenger door your passenger window and um, so that's something. So you need someone to to diagnose that, and they need to check and make sure that the motor works. You just put power to it. You have to take the door panel off to do that. So there's a right. few little checks that you can do to, to to eliminate. It's not this. It's not this, and and, and get to undo the problem. Because when I when I try and let it down from the driver's side, you know, I hear a clicking sound. That sounds like it may be stuck. Like uh, it might be like the, the regulators the, the regulator. acted up. If it's a like yeah. a wire a wire guide, they'll usually get bunched up, and the motor it'll just keep spinning, and it's not letting it up or down. Can, yeah. Can you take the noise. Can you take the window and manually push it down and pull it up? Well, I haven't tried that. I didn't want to to push it down and not be able to raise it back up. Usually if you can push it down, you can pull it right back up. And uh, usually that's a... That's a sign it's messed up. Yeah, that's a sign you need a regulator for it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Jimmy. We appreciate you calling in. Let's now go up to Memphis. Sonite, thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Well, well, how you doing? Hello. Oh, look, uh, I, I'm really enjoying the show. And uh, I was just thinking about the way cars used to be compared to now. And I was just thinking about all it. Some things was like an upgrade, like when they had the points in the old cars, then it came with the electronic condition three times more fast. Oh, we love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, and, and like, look, we like this, too. Fuel pumps on the exterior of the tank. I mean, why? Why you? I see all this stuff just just why they get you in that shop. They don't want you working on it no more. Mm-hmm. And I uh, see underwater people. I don't buy new cars. I have to have cars. I, I love my car like a wife or something. I'm trying to take care. You know? I heard that. <laughs> and, uh, they, they took the animites too off the front end. Why you can't put right. no oil in? You heard these Ford trucks squeak. I know. You're right about that. Well, that's on those Fords real bad. Fords are squeaky suspension. A lot of them have problems with that. They have an A arm suspension. It's a mess. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know about that, Jason? Yes. Yeah, man. <laughs> They're painted. Some of them do a motor car, too, in those four cylinders. Some of them, Some yeah. Some kind of way, when the oil gets dirty, if you don't change it, it tells the engine to run hot. They can go by a new one. Run hot. I believe it. GMs are kind of notorious for running hot. Ask anyone who races a Corvette. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I don't think cars got no business with no computer in it. Man, all them problems with that computer, and I don't want no sense. I want you to have no computers, no sensors. We don't need that to run no cars. I like this guy. <laughs> and, uh, we are driving. I'm in a different line of thought, but, uh, but um, yeah, I, I, I get it. No, no, no. <laughs> Allison, let's go back and listen to the show we talked about all the uh, uh, computer safety things okay. that take control over oh, that car. part I don't like. <laughs> you're calling me out. You're right. <laughs> I don't particularly like that stuff. It's like, hey, we converted from front wheel drive to uh, rear wheel drive. I, mean, yeah. I bet he rather put in two rear wheel drive transmissions than put in one front wheel drive. 
Yeah. yeah. You know, they, That's they, interesting. They, they said, run your way from up under the hood. And I would love to see cars again that have some real bumpers. I'm talking about made out of chrome. That just looks so embarrassed. Somebody have a wreck and leave their bumpers, uh, uh, leave it in the middle of the street. <laughs> I see them all the time on the side of 55. Sure do. <laughs> They're yeah. getting carried off in the ambulance. They're not worried about that bumper. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and we would love to have some real paint on our car like it had in the 50s and the 60s. Mm. That stuff realized you could bust that paint out. Now we got paint so far in the car that the paint would actually crack like it's on a, a pillow, like it's on a house or something. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, have uh, you noticed a difference in that, Jason? Oh, yeah. Well, they used With to the use like uh, lacquer paints and, and oh, stuff okay. like that. That don't to, last as long. Or, yeah, well, they would last. They? they would last a good long time. They're way thicker. Are you talking about the, the older paints yeah, were the lacquer? Older pa- okay. Yeah. The old lacquer paints. And now what do they do that's different? Uh, now they got the waterborne paints, which okay. I, I've never personally okay. sprayed. But usually you take a waterborne base and then put a solvent clear on top of it. So it kind of defeats yeah. the purpose. I mean, it, it's good for the environment, but then you're turning right around and putting a solvent clear on top of a waterborne, so you're still putting it out in the air. I see, I but see. It's not well, as thank much. you for calling. That was some good questions. Good, good uh, info. All right. Thank you, Sonite. And we are going to take uh, one more call before our break. Mikey, thanks for calling in. Or Mike from oh, Jackson. Hey, Mike. How, thanks for calling in. Go ahead. Hey, Allie. Yeah. Hey. Um, I was uh, listening and I heard the guy call about the Corvette. Thank the you. Lab. Okay. So, kind of like um, when you have a car and it sits up for a while and you have to tap on the starter. Yeah. Okay. That's, tap on the motor it. a little bit. That's going to be most likely. That's going to be his issue because he said it was the, the passenger side, mm-hmm. and he said that he doesn't use it a lot. Those motors oh, will get so you know once they sit up for a while. If you, I did a, um, I did a little Mustang uh, for a girl one day, and she said her window was stuck, and all I did was hit the button, like held the button down as I slammed the door, and when hmm. when that door jarred that motor, it went down. Interesting. Okay, so just tap it um, like you would a solenoid on a starter. Pretty much, yeah. Um, I'm not really sure what year he said his was. 99. Not 99. So that makes not, sense to be an old. Well, you know how many Corvettes I work on, like none. <laughs> but I'm not, right. I'm not saying it's a cable driver, if it's the, the scissor style or whatever. But if he can't manually pull that window down like Jason has, mm-hmm. then most likely his motor's just old. Okay, yeah. that's a good tip. Hopefully he's still listening. He probably is. That's a that's a good tip, Mike. Yeah, and hey, um, I was just going to say, since we're talking to Jason, yep. what because of the, the things that I see in my industry with windshields and whatnot, with the new technology and the rain sensors and lane departure cameras and all that stuff, <laughs> what he sees, what he sees uh, in his industry. Ah, good question. Well, we'll get to that. We have to take a break. Maybe we'll That's answer cool, that. Cool, and I've got to go to work too, Allie. <laughs> awesome. You guys. I love the show. Thanks, oh, Mike. Thank you, love Mike. You, we haven't heard from you in a while, so we're so glad yeah, that you no, called no, no. back. I, I usually can't get on the air, you know, because I'm I got a baby. <laughs> You're busy. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's got a, a young son. All right. Thanks, thank Mike. We appreciate you calling you, in. Uh, we are talking about dents and dings and fender benders and taking your car repair questions. We'll continue with this after the break. Our number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464. You could also send us an email. Our address is auto at mpbonline.org. What's an unreliable car not 
to buy. We'll get to that after the break. Here's a cartoon for your drive. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. Get your MPB car tag anytime. It doesn't even have to be up for renewal. Simply go to your county office to sign up. When you get an MPB car tag, a portion of the fee helps MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. For details, visit mpbonline.org slash car tag. We'll see you on the road. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, is our expert. I'm Liz Gill, and I hope you have downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. Consumer Reports has a list of vehicles that have a record of much worse than average overall reliability based on subscriber responses to their annual auto survey. Today, we're going to caution you about the Lincoln MKX 2016 and 2017 models. They have engine problems, and the most reported problem is the 2016's engine shutting down while driving. Oh, fantastic. That would scare the bejesus out of me. Please consider reading up on the reliability of this car before purchasing it as a used car, suggests Consumer Reports. Carcomplaints.com is another resource for unreliable car lists. And if you're interested in reviews of new cars, Casey Williams is the automotive correspondent for WFYI, a public radio station in Indianapolis, and he's reviewed cars and covered the auto industry for 25 years. His review this week on the website is the Honda Pilot and the VW Tegan T-I-G-U-A-N Tegan mm-hmm. is that how you say it? Or Tijuan I think I've heard it called too but okay. uh, yeah you know what I'm not sure. Alright <laughs> so we're talking about auto body repair with our independent repairman Jason Mariscalco uh, uh, Leroy K, Jenny and Jim hang on we're going to get to you real quick um, Jason, tell me, uh, you know, we've mentioned that Allison is ASE certified. Are there certifications for um, body repair people? There is. A, it's our car. And uh, mainly, I, to tell you the truth, I really never knew about it until I got into production shops. And that's where you get your certification. What, what, and, wait, what's a production shop? Uh, production shops like the... Is that versus restoration? Yeah, well, like production is like in and out, a lot of insurance companies. Okay, okay. All that stuff. Like you're constantly rolling. Okay. So it's, and uh, ever since I've been in them, I mean, I've probably got. Probably got about eight or nine different ICAR certifications. Okay, and that's tests you take and you have to study for them mm-hmm. and everything. That's no, similar to well, ASC. You don't really study for them. It's, okay. A lot of them are on the computer. Uh, you read them, and then you go straight to the test. And okay. Some of them, like your welding tests and stuff like that, you do like a, yeah. a live report performance yeah. for the ICAR people. And then you were saying the paint guns that you use um, are... 
I believe, also certified. I believe uh, a lot of them are. I think the painter has to have his, his gun certified. But, that makes uh, sense, though, because you don't want them just using well, any gun to paint cars and be doing a professional well, job. It's so not really the paint gun, neat. it's the painter. So. Ooh, listen to that. <laughs> and we had a call right before the break. Yeah. Mike, who is an auto glass repairman, was wondering if you, there's much technology on the outside of a car that has changed the way you do your work in the past 10 years yeah then you got the backup sensors and you know you got to put those in the bumpers and everything like if you change them out if uh if there's a a collision on your bumper or something like that it might break it and you got to change them out which is usually just plug and play and i guess we're only just now fixing to see the lanes change assist sensors and these different radar sensors uh they're not they're not really hitting body shops just yet but they're about to because yeah, they're, they're just getting on the road in this this year really yeah, that's something i haven't i haven't had to deal with yet yeah that's that's going to be interesting, I'm sure. And let's hope you don't have to deal uh, with them and they do their job, but, you know, somebody will yeah. get into an accident because uh, uh, yeah. they turn them off. <laughs> All right, oh, we've got yes. lots of calls to get to. Let's first start in Vicksburg. Jenny, thanks for calling into AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Hi. Um, my question is for Allison, and I do enjoy your show. It's really good. Thank you so much, Jenny. You're welcome. My son, the, the truck I called in, I don't know if you can see that. So I can. You can. Okay. Well, he was driving it, and the wheel bearings started to go bad. And, of course, he didn't do anything. He thought it was a rock in there. And then it ended up messing up the caliper, the um, the boot on the axle, and the, um, what's that called, the, the thing that the brakes hit? The, the rotor. Yeah, the rotor. So mess up the rotor, okay. too. Okay. Yeah, so all of that was damaged. And I was told that it was more cost-effective to replace the entire axle than it was to replace the boot. Is that correct? You may have to in that situation, uh, unless it literally only tore up the boot. It costs about the same in labor to replace it, but you don't have the cost of the part. You have just the cost of the boot. So I'm not really 100% sure. I think maybe what they're telling you is the labor is the same because you still yeah. have to take it out of the car. In fact, it may be slightly more. That's what they do. But the part is less. Okay. Okay. Yes. Like I think it was like a hundred and thirty something dollars for the axle. They said they used to be a lot more expensive than than they are now. So for the for the labor involved, it was just cheaper to do it all around to replace the axle than just the axle with the boot and then just the boot itself. Yeah, I think overall it's, it's cheaper just to replace the boot. But um, so that's my opinion on that. So, but what if it's the boot and the calipers and the all of that stuff? All that stuff um, still would be cheaper just to replace the boot. But of course, you've got a lot of expense with replacing all that overall. But it needs yeah. to be replaced. If that if that bearing went that bad, and they they say it needs replaced, it, it more likely they're correct on that. It, it can tear all that up. Oh, it tore all of that up, mm-hmm. the caliper and the, all, all of that had to be replaced. I, my, I guess my question was, should I have just replaced the boot and not the axle also? Because the axle was not damaged, it was just the boot. Right, yeah. I'm in the mind frame to just replace the boot. And still, you know, you're still paying for labor, but it should be a little cheaper. Okay, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you, Jenny. Let's okay. now go to Jackson and Jim. Jim, thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Good morning. I have a question from Allison about oil change and then a question for Jason. The first question is, um, 
growing up, I was uh, religiously informed that oil changed every 2,500 miles. But now with a dextrose or a mobile one, what's the recommended uh, length you, you uh, encounter before you have to change the oil or should change the oil? Well, it's changed to 5,000 miles for conventional and anywhere from 7,500 to 10,000 for synthetic. So you need to know what your car uses and stick to that and go with the interval that's recommended in your maintenance schedule in your glove compartment, uh, which is where it should be. And, and just go st- strictly by that. I, the, you can you can change a little bit, but you need to know what you're doing. And I, I recommend people just go by exactly what your manual says and use the weight of oil it's, it's supposed to be in the car all right and then my body question for jason is what's the best way to deal with a clouded over lens on the headlight is Hmm. it really necessary to do anything does the clouded lens diffuse or cut down on the light or is it just a cosmetic thing um it can be a cosmetic thing that's something i I do is uh headlight restorations and uh what it is is oxidation from sunlight and and weather and everything and it's usually just a just a cloud on the outside but sometimes it'll it'll start you'll see little bitty small cracks in the plastic and uh sometimes it can be on the inside of the lens so but uh yes there are they sell little kits at the automotive parts stores and stuff that you can get and those work pretty good i tried tried one recently but um like i like i'd I'd take a pretty long little little ordeal to do mine i'd I like to get them sanded, and sometimes if if need be, I will spray a clear coat on top of them when I get done. Yeah, I would take your time with it. It does affect your uh, your lights, though, when you're driving down the road a lot. It cuts down on your visibility a lot, so it is a safety issue, and it is good to uh, go ahead and clean those up. Thank you very much. All right, now. Jim, we want to remind you that uh, uh, AutoCorrect did an entire show on headlamps, and we also mentioned that for brand new cars, there's kind of a sunscreen that you can wipe on your headlamps that will help prevent some of the sun damage. Have you seen that, Jason? I have not. I imagine (laughs) the UV-resistant clear coat that you put on when you do headlight restoration would help Yeah, usually if you're going to put a clear coat on top of it, you want something high. UV, mm-hmm. but um, a lot of the older paints that I used whenever I was painting eighteen wheelers, that's yeah. we used Worked a high, well. we used a high high UV clear Resistant. on them. Yeah, that's all pretty. right. It would last forever. Thanks, Jim. We appreciate you calling in. Let's take one more call before our break. Let's go to Quitman County. Leroy, thank you for calling in to AutoCorrect today. Go ahead. Uh, thank you all for uh, taking my question. Um, my question is, I have a 2006 Ford F-150, and I was checking the oil one day, and I had the key in the ignition switch, and I heard my door buzzer going off, and all the doors was closed. And I got in and cranked it up, and I noticed my door jaw light uh, just stays on, and I hadn't, haven't figured out exactly what's going on with it. I've seen a couple of videos saying something about the it's a little device on the door latch that's gone bad. Uh, but I was just asking if there's anything you can help me with it on that. Okay. Well, it's usually a little s- switch that's literally an on and off switch. 
that I don't know if you can grease those. Do you know anything about greasing? Oh, you them, can grease them. Okay, okay, that makes sense that you can. I've just never heard about doing that before. Maybe just try greasing it to get it to work again, and if not, you may have to replace that little yeah, they, switch. They do go bad. I'm I'm not real sure about one in the latch, but one it's 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 literally usually you just you can push it in with your finger and it's right uh, within some, the door. Some down. vehicles don't have those. The actual switch is inside the latch. Inside the latch. Okay, that's what he's saying. He found on his, and so you can grease that too possibly uh, or do you know you might be able to you might be okay. able to pull it out and hit on it clean a little it, bit clean and, it up a little bit yeah clean up a, interesting and you know it could be a bad ground in it and you know it could be a lot of different things okay and it could be the switch itself has yeah. just gone bad and wore out the contacts on it with the um well it's a 2006 that's not too old but that's old enough to start having some weird little switch problems oh yeah so i hope that helps yeah the, the other thing i was thinking about is it's hard to tell which door is it so Oh, what door it actually is. You know what's interesting is that cars will set a code for a body issue with something like that in the computer, and you will not get a check engine light for it. The check engine light literally only comes on if something's affecting the emissions of the car. That's what they're for. So you could have a body code. So maybe go to a shop and see if they can read a code on it, and it'll tell you possibly what door switch it is. Uh, I'm not 100% about that. That's something uh, that I'd like to know about. If you want to email the show, I can try to get back to you about that and do a little research on there. But um, what's the email address? Auto at mpbonline.org. I don't know why I can't remember that off the top of my head. I have to think about it every time. Um, But, yeah, so maybe we can get a little more information on that. That's a really good question. Okay. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you, Leroy. We are discussing auto body repair, and we'll continue with that when we come back from the break. Kay, hang on. We're also taking your repair questions. Our number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can send us an email to auto at mpbonline.org. We'll talk about what's coming up after this 60 second break. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show at our website, autocorrect.mpbonline.org. I'm Liz Gill, and I'm with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASC certified, and our guest is Jason Mariscalco. 
at what was it? I can certified. I car. I car certified. <laughs> an independent auto body repair person. And this week, uh, well, I'll tell you something that happened this week. We were on the way to Eurofest, which was amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that Jaguar and he, was yeah. just amazing. We yeah, had interviewed from our guests that were on here. Uh, mm-hmm. John and Julie Hurley last week, and they mm-hmm. talked about their mil- million race. Yeah. And I know their so hard Jaguar, <laughs> and that ju- that car was just amazing, and all yeah, the other cars were fantastic. But I, yeah, so I'm driving time. the MPB van on the mm-hmm. way there, and it has this funny little light. It looks like a horseshoe with an exclamation point in it. Allison, what is that, and why did it come on when it was 45 degrees outside? Gotcha. So in the winter, you start getting um, start. Get, we started when I worked at Toyota. We got cars in for days as soon as that the temperature would drop they'd come in and the thing is that light is literally saying you're two pounds lower than you should be it comes on when your pressure's two pounds different or two pounds higher actually also so the temperature drops that air gets uh, less dense and it's compacted in there and your pressure drops in your tire those 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 tire lights start coming on and keep in mind you can do all four of your tires and check the pressures if that light is still on it's probably your spare Oh, there you go. Um, and we also got some fan mail. Allison oh, got yeah. snail mail fan mail today. So thank you to Vernon for sending that in. Yeah, old school. Vernon Shaw sent in a, a letter to us that I got today. And it was um, it had some information about the movie Bullet and the cars that were in it. And it was really nice of him to send that. And then his thanks for listening to the show. Yeah, two really shows sweet. ago, we talked mm-hmm. about car movies Favorite that had car cars movies. in it. Yeah. So that was a fun show. Now, this week, you've got a clinic in Van Cleve? Yes. So I'll be in Van Cleve, Mississippi at Cole's Service Center. They're doing a free car care clinic all day up there starting at 11 a.m. Now, what day is that? That's this Saturday. On Saturday. Okay. So you can uh, find it on my social media. I posted it on there on my Facebook page and... We'll put it on this show too. And put it, yep. And so that's um, that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. And that's a really neat thing that they're doing. So that's going to be... All right, so uh, Kay, uh, Maurice, and Mac, we're going to try to power through these. We'll hope we can get to you. Kay from Yazoo City, go ahead. What's your comment or question? Hi, I have a comment about the new safety features or fairly new safety features in vehicles and somewhat of a caution for parents. I have two teenagers, who one who has a vehicle and one who's um, permit driving. And what I found is when I let my teenagers drive the vehicles that my husband and I have, which are newer, they were somewhat crippled when they got their own vehicle, which was in an older model <gasps> car. Oh, I see what you're saying. Back up, you know, without a without a oh. camera, they don't pay attention to night to the lanes. They're relying on inside lights to let them know that there's a car in their blind spot. Whereas my husband and I were driving oh, like. 1970, 80 cars in the 90s when we were growing up in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Right. And had to, you know, I had a, which I was really part of, a F-150 pipe. So I thought I was out at it. But anyway, <laughs> I had to learn how to parallel park that thing. You know, I... Oh, right. And yeah. F-150, so it was a tank, but... <laughs> so they're not <laughs> learning was, how to do even no, parallel they, parking. They can drive with, with, with <sighs> them to be drive well but they're driving with crutches you know so 
now I've just tried to let my 16-year-old who still has a permit drive her brother's car because it doesn't have any extra features, you know, because she's not learning how to actually drive on her own. She's learning how to drive with a bunch of help. Well, thanks for bringing up. That sounds like another reason why I just knew there's going to be multiple problems with this stuff before it's worked out and we figure out how to deal with it because it's not going away, unfortunately. And, and overall, with, it's supposed um, to make things safer. So I recently had a rental car, which was like a 2019 Nissan. Um, it's not self-driving, but it's almost self-driving. But it will go in and out. So you drive it, and it's like steering for you. And yeah. if it goes out of range, mm. it won't. That's so interesting. It's, it's, it seems more dangerous <laughs> than helpful. <laughs> But that's my comment. Well, thank, thank you so much. Yeah, Kay, I guess our takeaway from that is if you are teaching your kids to drive, get them to learn to drive on what they're going to be driving. Uh, get an older right. And don't let them switch up. <laughs> yeah. At least let them learn wow. on an older vehicle. that's interesting. Possibly wow, that, so. that, that was, you know, something new to think about. We hadn't mm-hmm. thought about that. All right, let's now go back to Memphis, and Maurice is on the phone this time. Maurice, thanks for calling into AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Hi, yeah. Um, I recently bought a, a used vehicle, and it's a really nice vehicle. When I bought it, I was really fascinated with all the features. Uh, and I overlooked the fact that it's got a lot of scratches. Uh, they're, they're pretty small scratches. They're almost insignificant. But I was just wondering if there's any way to... Oh, they're not insignificant to you if it's your new exactly. baby. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it looks pretty, but it's not not as pretty as it could be. Um, yeah, um, as a, are there scratches that you can feel with your fingernail? Uh, just barely. Some are some are you can barely feel them. Uh, you can, you know, almost can't see them until you wash the car. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, sometimes if you can't feel them with your fingernail, that's just a surface scratch, and you're clear. And you can usually uh-huh. buff them out. You know, use right. a, like a, a 3M polish, you know, a little buffer, you know, and you can usually buff them right out. But if you can feel it with your fingernail pretty good, it's that's usually through the clear, and there's nothing you can really do about it except for have it painted. Can you do the little touch-up paint, the little pins that they sell for your yeah, at the dealerships? You, you can. <laughs> Maybe it'll show up a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah the, especially nice. if the paint's been out in the sun more than mm-hmm. what you're putting on there. It's going to oh, be a okay. different color. Oh, different Maurice, color. I know exactly how you feel when I got my first brand new car I would hand wash that thing and I knew every detail of it you should just go through the regular drive through car wash like you don't see it I guess yeah okay well, can I ask another quick question? Uh, well, I'm sorry you need to email that to us, Maurice, because we are now flat out of time. Remember, our email address is auto at mpbonline.org. But thank you so much for calling in, Maurice. And thank you, Jason Mariscalco, for visiting with us. It was my pleasure. And I had that, a good time. That's cool. going to wrap <laughs> us up for AutoCorrect. Our call screener today has been Jay White and Michelle McAdoo. We are so grateful that she is our board engineer. So for Allison Walker, who you can follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as the Lady Auto Mechanic, and you can see her at Van Cleve on Saturday. I'm Liz Gill. Up next is our Thursday Southern Remedy show, Kids and Teens, with Dr. Morgan McLeod. We hope you'll join us next Thursday at 10 a.m. for AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 